Hello, my name is uh, Pratik Mukhopadhyay. I'm an entrepreneur and an author. I'll be hosting the Reimagine Sales Systems podcast where I'll be bringing some of the industry thought leaders who will be sharing their go-to-market strategies for their business systems. Thank you everyone for joining today's uh, podcast. Uh, I have the pleasure of having Mike Eric with me. He's a VP of IT at Acquia. Thank you Mike for joining. Thanks for having me Pratik. So Mike, uh, if you can share a little bit about your journey in the enterprise world, how did you come to Acquia and become a leader in their IT? Uh, that'll be really insightful for our listeners. Sure. So I think that uh, my journey is probably a little different than uh, how most people, you know, get into the enterprise world. Um, I actually started my career um, as an entrepreneur when I was in uh, college at Bryant University. Um, during my sophomore year, I think it was during my sophomore junior year, we started a company called AIO. It was a managed IT services company, so we serviced uh, customers, small business, medium size, mid market enterprise, those types of customers. Um, and after graduation, I decided that I was going to do that full time and just be an entrepreneur. So I, I uh, ran that company for about 16 years. Um, we had clients in uh, the Northeast, uh, Texas, and Florida. Um, we eventually sold that company um, in 2015 to a company called Ergos in Houston, um, and I worked there in um, kind of the finance uh, M&A space to um, do some of the mergers and acquisitions by other IT companies like ours. Um, and that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, and then I, uh, um, had a connection that worked at Acquia actually, who said, Hey, listen, we've got this, you know, IT leader, uh, position open. I think, you know, you'd be perfect for it. Why don't you apply? Um, so I did. And I think one of the things that they liked about me was the fact that I had been at so many other different companies, right? I had the experience of working at hundreds of different, you know, clients, almost like a consultant. So I was able to bring a lot of real world experience and, you know, know what good looks like. Um, so that's kind of how I got to the, the enterprise space, which, like I said, is a, probably a little, little bit of a different path than a lot of people do working their way up the ranks. That's really insightful. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, at some point of time, I was in IT and now entrepreneur, so I can definitely relate to the value of having different uh, perspectives. Uh, thank you, Mike. So coming back to uh, Acquia, um, like, can you share with us a little bit about uh, their go-to-market strategy, uh, what are the different channels they use? And then the second thing is, what are the systems and processes you have in place to enable those sales motions? Sure. So Acquia um, is a uh, now private equity backed um, company. Uh, we were acquired by Vista in 2019. Um, part of that, we were a VC backed company and we provide digital experiences, um, a place for what we call uh, dreamers and doers to build their, their digital experience. Uh, we've done a couple acquisitions uh, in the last couple of years. One was for a CDP platform, one was um, for some personalization and one was um, one was uh, for something else. I can't remember what exactly it is. Uh, it's, it's actually to, to do site building. Um, but our, our go-to-market strategy is actually mostly on the, the enterprise side. Uh, we have SDRs, you have your MQLs, you have those types of those uh, activities that are driving a lot of our pipeline, but we also have a, a pretty decent channel. Uh, we have a dedicated partner team that deals with all the partners and we do sell a lot through the channel. So we have to enable both of those um, both of those sales sales channels. So the way we do mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. 
is actually um, we use we use Salesforce. That's one of our largest. Um, it's one of our largest go-to-market platforms. Uh, we also use Intact on the back end as our our ERP. Um, Acquia has been around for a pretty long time for a SaaS company, right? We're, we're pretty old for a SaaS company for, uh, founded in 2009. So we've had Salesforce for a pretty long time. And when we had Salesforce, you know, a lot of the things that exist today, like CPQ and um, some of the community features didn't exist back then. So we built a lot of those things ourselves um, through, through custom code, through Apex code, building our own modules and things like that. So what we've actually done, um, over the last two years is a re-implement Salesforce. So we're on this you know, big project to kind of what we call Fulcrum to re-implement our Salesforce where we're now taking advantage of a lot of the modules that Salesforce now has. You know, Steelbrick became CPQ. We're able to kind of use the native functionality now with CPQ instead of using the homegrown, you know, quote, customization tool that, that, that we had ourselves. We're also taking advantage of the partner communities now, and we're gonna be launching a, a new partner portal for our partners. Um, so we're doing a lot of that um, in, in concert with our, our partners at Vista and also an integration partner. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, I've seen uh, Vista also having some sort of a uh, point of view in a, even a standardized tech stack. We were talking with another company that's also a portfolio company of Vista and they encourage other portfolio companies to learn from each other. So that's awesome uh, that you're standardizing on Salesforce. Well, yeah, I think um, one of the great things about having Vista on board was we were kind of dipping our toe in the water of doing this project. We had, we had met right. with our integrator and said, Hey, listen, you know, should we rebuild it in place or should we start over from scratch? And we were originally going to rebuild it in place. And then when we got acquired by Vista, they said, Hey, you know, we've got some best practices you know, why don't we come in and let's just kind of pause on this project for a second since you haven't really gone too deep in it. And let's show you some of our best practices. And we kind of all agreed that it would be better to just re-implement a, a brand new Salesforce. So that's that's the path we're going down using a lot of their learnings and their best practices. Cause obviously they're, you know, collectively one of the largest software companies in the world. So they right. probably have some good experience and they've seen this a few times, right? Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now in terms of, uh, COVID that were in 2020, uh, and obviously looking uh, beyond uh, this year, like any projects or initiatives that uh, were, uh, let's say, critical, but you moved it, or other way, any projects that were not critical, you moved it higher in the priority, like, uh, can you share a little bit about some uh, either uh, past projects or existing projects um, and some lessons learned from those? Sure. So I, I don't think COVID had as big of impact um, on Acquia as it did on maybe some other industries, right? I think Acquia, you know, fared pretty well as a company um, from COVID. But mm -hmm. in terms of the projects, I, I definitely think it had an impact on this project, you know, for one, right? It, it um, impacted the timeline of this project. The timeline's extended as a result of, you know, everyone, you know, kind of refiguring out how we're going to work together. Cause a lot of this stuff is a lot easier to do when you're in person, right? Requirements gathering, you know, whiteboarding, th those are things that are, you know, take a little bit of an adjustment. Um, so this project has been a little bit delayed as a result of that, but what has come out of that is we've, we've kind of learned, Hey, listen, you know, once this is really done, we're going to have this single source of truth for a lot of our data. And while it's not technically master data management, right. You know, it's, it's not your kind of source of truth for everything. What our next big initiative that we were able to kind of push through is to do the service cloud piece. 
because we recognize that having sales and service in the same unified platform is going to be really beneficial to all parties, right? Your support team is now going to be able to see what's going on on the sales side. Your sales team is going to now be able to see, hey, before I call that customer and try to upsell them, should I look at the open support tickets? Are there critical tickets that, you know, maybe should get resolved or maybe we should go talk to the support team before I make that phone call that'll make this sale more successful, right? And, and having two bifurcated systems, as opposed to having everything in one place. Now we're using the same customer master. We're using all the same data. Um, I think it's going to be a much better experience for the sales team. It's going to be a much better experience for the support team when that's all said and done. So that's kind of our next big initiative is to do that. And then in 2022, um, what we're planning on doing is taking the light version of partner communities that we've implemented and uh, making that kind of a 2.0, right? Taking, you know, there's only so many things you can do when you relaunch a Salesforce instance. You don't want to bite off too much, right? Because then you get nothing done. So we tried to at least get the light version of partner communities up and running for the partner team. And then the next step is going to be, okay, we invest more in this using internal resources uh, to kind of bring that to a 2.0 version. That's uh, really insightful, Mike. Uh, in terms of, uh, lessons learned or best practices, not just, uh, let's say, for this initiative, but in general, a uh, lot of our practitioners want to get some perspective. So anything you want to share, like, in general, like, how would you enable change management adoption post go life for some of the solutions that you're thinking? Yeah, change management is probably more difficult than actually putting the system in, right? So from a right. technical perspective, you know, you know, us, type of geeks or tech, you know, right, tech right. guys, we can, we can put this stuff in pretty easily. It's, it's enabling the change management. Um, I think that Acquia has done a really good job. We have an entire internal learning team that uh, we brought into the project pretty early. Um, so our, our PMO um, brought them in really early and said, look, we want you involved in this project early. We want to make sure that we're documenting everything that's going on and doing um, videos and training and putting it all in our LMS and being able to enable the sales team. We also have an actual sales enablement team at Acquia that does a fantastic job of enabling the, the sales team as well. So having our learning services team work with our sales enablement team to really figure out how do we deliver trainings and um, documentation, materials, things like that to our to our sales team before we go live, I think is really going to help with that change management because you're talking about not only, you know, we're going to sell a little bit differently in the new system, right? We're going to have new CPQ, a new way to quote, but we're also talking about having a new lightning system, right? It's totally different experience from a UI perspective and it takes a while to get used to. Um, but I think to answer your, your question about the lessons learned, when we were actually out at, uh, we were at a Dreamforce in 2019, all right before the, the pandemic happened, and we were talking to our, our team at Salesforce, and they, they told us the story about this pretty big Fortune 500 company that had re-implemented Salesforce. And they said, look, you know, their CEO basically said, look, if you need any customizations done, any custom code done, I want you running it by me, right? He wanted to make sure that there was the most minimal amount of customization. Right. His his uh, kind of mantra was, look, if you need all this custom code to do what you're attempting to do, maybe you should reevaluate your business process and not try to make all this custom code. And it was just a way to spark a conversation. I highly doubt that they ended up with no custom code, right? But the point was that if you're having to build all this custom code into a system, no matter whether it's a NetSuite or if it's a Salesforce or it's a ServiceNow or whatever, you know, you probably need to look at your business process and say, hey, can we simplify this? So we tried to do that really, really hard at Acquia when we rebuilt uh, our Salesforce instance. And I 
we, you know, we have far less custom code than, than, uh, than we did in our previous instance, but I wouldn't say it's zero, right? I think we did a good job of um, kind of pressure testing our business leaders and saying, look, you know, is that sure how we want to do this? Do we need to do it this way? Can we do it a different way? That's a yeah. little more standard and out of the box, you know, um, to make the thing just easier to support and easier to use. Um, the, the other lesson learned, and this is really more from our sales enablement team. Mm -hmm. this, isn't, this isn't my knowledge. This, I'm stealing this from them, but they said, look, you know, we want to keep our sales reps in one system, right? We, everything we do, we want to try to keep them in Salesforce. Right. I have to have them logging into Salesforce and logging into a training platform and logging into, you know, some other thing and this other piece. Like if you can unify everything in one platform, you know, that's going to be a much better rep experience. They're going to be more, you know, efficient, more productive. It's going to be less of a pain for them. And we kind of took that you know, knowledge and did the same thing with our support team. And so, well, why don't we apply that to our support team? And that's how we kind of got the service cloud project as well. It's like, okay, you know, can we make this a better experience for the whole company? Thank you. Those are really insightful uh, feedback. Uh, we're almost at the end of our podcast. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, how you would encourage or advice. Uh, so somebody listening in might maybe a software developer or business analyst, uh, how do they uh, shape up their career? So at some point of time, uh, they can also uh, become a leader uh, and doing a similar uh, or managing a similar team like yours. Yeah. Um, so the, the biggest thing I would, I would recommend is invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of personal development. I find that the people um, that work for me that invest in their, themselves, whether that's, you know, just reading, doing, uh, you know, online trainings, you know, not necessarily always getting a certification. It's not about the end result of the certification, but it's the investing in yourself and making sure that you're constantly learning. Um, that's going to, that's definitely going to get you, you know, higher up on the ladder. Um, and the other thing is, you know, potentially to do some side work, right? We have a lot of people we know that, that, um, you know, they're doing one thing, but they want to pivot to doing something else, right? They're in IT, they want to pivot to security. So, you know, doing, doing a little bit of consulting on the side to try to figure out how they can dip their toe in the water on that stuff um, is definitely, definitely super helpful. That's a good place, right? Uh, focus on inter, uh, personal development and sort of take courses and or do what you can but, uh, and be interested. So that's interesting. Yeah, if your company offers training, by all means, take advantage of it, right? You'd be surprised how many companies offer, hey, look, we'll pay for your training, we'll pay for your certification. And it, it always surprises me how many people don't take advantage of, of those things at the company. Those are those are benefits that you're getting. You might as well take advantage of them. They're only going to help your career. Exactly. exactly. Great. Great. This has been a pleasure, Mike. Uh, really appreciate the insights. Uh, thanks for sharing your journey, talking about uh, some of the lessons learned and also some advice uh, for people listening in on how to shape their career. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. So with that, I would like to wrap up this podcast. Thank you all for tuning into Reimagine Enterprise Sales Systems. To listen to more exciting podcasts, please visit my website, pratikm.com or protikm.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, and other channels that you follow so that you'll never miss your show.